This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. A lot of headlines to get to tonight, but first we want to get you ready for tomorrow morning because another round of rain is heading our way. Now, we got a break today, but the next system could make for a very messy commute in the morning. So first alert meteorologist Paul Hagan is here with a very quick look for us. Hi, Paul. Jules, that moisture is approaching the coast as we speak. Actual showers are going to begin late this evening with the most widespread rain moving in later tonight in the first half of Wednesday. Here's the satellite and radar loop and that first wave of moisture. A lot of it's evaporating before it reaches the ocean surface and will evaporate before it reaches land. But a few sprinkles still possible as we head through the evening. The bulk of that more widespread rain still hanging out off the coast. That'll move in likely after midnight tonight. And it does look like it's going to be wet out there for the morning commute. Even the very early commuters are going to have to dodge some scattered light showers and then more moderate to occasionally heavy rain is going to move through right around the peak of rush hour tomorrow. Now, this isn't the kind of high-impact event that we had Sunday evening, Sunday night, into early Monday morning. The downpours aren't going to be as heavy, and they're not going to last nearly as long, which really minimizes any potential for widespread flooding, just a few deeper puddles here and there. And the rain chances aren't going to be that widespread all day. They rapidly taper off. Once that first batch of rain moves through around the peak of rush hour, we get into an off-and-on very light shower pattern by Wednesday afternoon, with showers coming to an end Wednesday night. A dry stretch of weather settling back in for the end of the work week. We'll take a look at the forecast beyond that coming up in just a few minutes. Sounds good. In other news, now the Bay Area desperately in need of affordable homes. And tonight, the city of Antioch is exploring a plan that could provide just that. It is a brand new type of development featuring dozens of so-called granny units. Our John Ramos got to look at some of the plans that involves doubling up on one property. It's no secret that the high cost of housing is having an effect on people trying to find homes in the large urban centers. But even out here in the rural suburbs of Antioch, it's having an impact, and it may be changing the way that builders do business as well. So we were the first ones here, and then it's been nice just having those beautiful vineyards across the street when they put those in. Teresa Arzate loves the look of the vineyards when the seasons change and they become green and beautiful. But a lot of changes are happening in her neighborhood that she cannot control. That's the way it is. You have no say. It's not my property. It's across the street, so whatever. On this block, a developer is proposing an unusual housing project that probably couldn't have been done just a few years ago. Bright Sky Residential wants to build 71 new single-family homes, but each lot will also have an accessory dwelling unit, or ADU, on it, bringing the total number of homes to 141. For them, it's a matter of, of sort of, we're not used to seeing, we're used to seeing ADUs here and there over time. To see an entire community where every lot has two homes is a very new thing. And company president Charles McKegg says because of state law, Antioch has little to say about it. He gives us a right as a developer um, to, without city having a whole lot of discretion in the matter, to add an accessory dwelling unit to each of those lots uh, without having to change the zoning. But the city might not object anyway. Rural suburban communities are also under pressure from the state to add new housing. John Geary is CEO of Abodu, a Bay Area company that has grown to be the largest ADU builder in the state. 
when it comes to both the state level and local jurisdictions, they're looking at ADUs as a tool for what's really getting called gentle density, right? This is density in existing single family and increasingly multifamily communities to add housing in areas that really need it most. And there's another new wrinkle in the Bright Sky project. All of the new homes, ADUs and two-story larger homes alike, are not intended for sale. The company will keep ownership of the entire development and operate it as a strictly rental community. It allows us to get a product on the ground that achieves a housing solution for folks who want to live in something other than a traditional apartment. Um, maybe they want a little bit more space, they want that single family lifestyle, but they simply can't afford to own a home. Building new single-family homes just for renting is highly unusual, but just like seasons in the vineyards, the real estate landscape is changing. Whether by choice or economic necessity, a lot of people are downsizing their homes and their ideas about the American dream. According to state numbers, 20% of the housing units built every year in California are ADUs, and that's about 20,000 new homes. Bright Sky says if its project is approved, it could be done by late 2026 or early 2027. Tonight, Half Moon Bay, the community, holding a memorial for the seven farm workers who were shot and killed a year ago today. Ann McAvick joining me with more on the remembrance, and I know that you're hearing from a survivor of that shooting. Yeah, and the vigil is going on as we speak yeah. right now in Half Moon Bay to remember the people killed that day. It has certainly been a year of healing in the small coastal community. Prosecutors say that on January 23rd, 2023, a gunman shot and killed four people at the farm where he worked, then went to another farm a couple of miles away and killed three more people. That suspect, Chun Li Zhao, faced a judge today in a San Mateo County courtroom. Our cameras were not allowed inside, but Zhao is facing seven counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder. One year later, the sole survivor of that shooting is speaking out. Pedro Felix Romero Perez lost his brother Jose in the attack. Now, Pedro was with his brother when he was killed. Pedro was injured in that shooting himself. He's now recovering. He has family in Oaxaca, Mexico, and hopes to one day return. All of the people shot were Chinese and Latino immigrants, and the deadly shootings exposed their poor living conditions. At the time, the governor expressed outrage that farm workers and their families were living in shipping containers. And this has all brought about a renewed push for better housing. As for the suspect, he has pleaded not guilty. His arraignment has been continued to next month. All right, Ann, thank you. Well, after years of increasing gang violence in Santa Rosa, the police chief says enough is enough. And today, the police chief announced the return of an old program in an effort to stop new crimes. Katie Nielsen walks us through their plan of action. Santa Rosa's police department used to have a gang task force, but it was disbanded in 2019 during a staffing crisis. Since then, the police chief says gang violence, both in the community and the schools, has skyrocketed. And so he decided to bring the program back. Melissa Stewart owns Dandelion Boutique in Santa Rosa. Her son is a sophomore at Montgomery High School. He's in the band and loves math and physics, but she says he knows not to use certain bathrooms on campus. Because they're unsupervised. So that really is a spot where um, students can fight, they can vape. 
Rebecca Sullivan's daughter is a junior at Montgomery, and she's worked there for nine years as a health tech. She says it's another sign of gang violence that has started in the community, then makes its way into the schools. Whether they're officially in the gang or just affiliated, it's definitely present on campuses right now. Some sort of clothing attire just to let everyone know where they stand. That's exactly why Santa Rosa's chief of police, John Cregan, brought back the gang crimes team in December and made a presentation to the city council about it today. The majority of violent crimes are committed by a small group of people in communities. He says of the 10 murders in Santa Rosa last year, half were gang related and so were many of the other violent crimes prolific offenders who are out there day after day committing drive-by shootings, doing thefts, getting in gang fights, and being able to solve some of these violent crimes is going to take those offenders off the streets of Santa Rosa. And in the long run, you're going to see less people victimized. He says the team has four goals. Prevention to keep kids out of gangs in the first place, intervention to get current gang members out, education to talk about identifying gang issues, and if all else fails, enforcement. We have a significant problem in the city of Santa Rosa and I believe now's the time for us to act. Something Montgomery High parents agree with. We can worry forever but something needs to be done for change. The gang task force is currently made up of four officers and one sergeant. The chief says they're going to keep the staffing that way for now but will continue to reevaluate in the months to come and could add more officers.